what you made me do. Look what I made for you. His name is Old Man. Old Man Wayne. I live by the car. I die by the phone. Old Man. Old Man Wayne. Old Man. I'm about to do something terrible. Welcome to the Old Man Wade Show. I am your host, the God of Stubborn, the Lord of Laughter, Old Man Wade. And this is the Old Man Wade Show podcast. So nice. Had to say the name twice. Thank you all again for joining me on this audio adventure, as I hear a lot of people call it. But thank you just for joining me in general. Thank you for joining me for good. Thank you for joining me for evil. Thank you for joining me for indifference or support or however you do it. Thank you very much. So let's get right into it. This has been a topic that's been near and dear to my heart for a little while. I shouldn't even say a little while, a good amount of time. People using the F word. If you don't know what the F word is, the F word is a slur for the LGBTQ plus community. If you're like me and born in the 1990s, well, excuse me, born in the 1980s and grew up in the 1990s, it was a word you may or may not have used a lot. But I'm almost a thousand percent sure you heard it. It was used in rap songs. It was used within our peers. It was used all over the place. It's not a word that should be used often. Or actually, not a word that should be used at all. Now, there are podcasts and other medias that use this word fairly often. I personally think it's disgusting. I don't look at it any differently than the N-word. That's me. That's my opinion. Obviously, it's my show, so whatever. But when you're using certain words, you have to think about why you're using them. Do you need to use them? And the reason I look at it like the N-word is like this. If I was listening to a show and a white person started dropping the N-bomb, now they were saying it, but centering it out, and then hinting towards what they were saying but being centered out, I'd be offended. I'm black. I'm a proud black man. I have family members who grew up in a time where there was segregation and people were, like, you know, our people were hoes and had dogs sit on them. There are still people alive to this day who had to deal with that. Now, the F word that's being used, people go, well, it's a word I used to use. I'm like, eh, I used it too. I'm not exempt from that. But I also understand that it's, my responsibility to grow and mature and evolve as a person. So I stopped using a word, period. Had a conversation with my little brother who happens to be gay, and I asked him, this was over a decade ago, and I asked him if it was a big deal, and that's how he broke it down to me, about it being no different than someone using, someone not from our culture, black culture, using the N-word. And I stopped. At that point, that was enough for me. Cool. What's even worse is when you have people on shows using that F word, when you have members of the LGBTQ plus community in the room with you, and you can tell they're uncomfortable. And even when you bring it up, they say thank you for not, you know, for acknowledging it, and then you still make fun of it. It's like, dog, what are you doing? And then you got these same people acting like they're progressive. Nah, you're not. You still sound like a jerk. Let's call it like it is. Now, for all you people going freedom of speech, yes, you can say whatever you want. And I'll say this a million times on this podcast, and I'll say it a million more times on another episode. 
my best friend above average above average LLP on Twitter, my best friend Diddy, said it best. There's freedom of speech and there's freedom of consequence. So you can say whatever you want. That being said, there are consequences to your actions. That's how people get canceled. That's how people lose deals. This is how people lose money. Like, this, these are things that happen. So you, you know, just be aware of your, not, I shouldn't say surroundings. But you should be aware of, yeah, I guess be aware of your surroundings. Be aware of the, the company you keep. Be aware of the language you use. Because sometimes it's not really worth it. And again, you can find other words to use. Like, I try not to use the N-word anymore. And I'm black. Do I use it? Yeah. Should I use it? Probably not. But I do. But I'm trying to get out of the habit of using it. But that's just me. I especially try not to use it around mixed company. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. So before we get into a topic that I wanted to do, which I think a couple of entertainment topics that I want to get into, I had a buddy of mine, shout out to Ken with two N's. I, we were talking about something supernatural. There was something on Instagram where this person was living in a house, and he just found this random well there. And the person on the other end of the video was like, burn that house down and move. And I'm, I, yeah. Nah, I don't, I don't mess with the supernatural specifically because weird things happen. So I'm cool. And it was funny. So I sent it to my buddy, my buddy Ken, thinking that he wasn't one of those people who were, like, you know, would be, like, scared of that. I mean, apparently he is. So I said, he said he had a couple of stories that kind of get into the supernatural. So I said, hell, can you send them to me? So I could talk about him on the show. He was gracious enough to do this. So I'm going to share this, the stories with you. And as they go on, I will stop. I'll comment. But yeah, that's all. So the first story is one that I know sounds cheesy and fakeish, but I swear by it. My dad worked in construction and usually had to be up at 4.30 to get to work. My room faced out to the street, and he would usually come into my room before he left to peek out at the street and check the weather and stuff. You usually wouldn't wake me up or anything, but occasionally he did, and I'd roll over and go back to sleep. The night that he died, which um, he which is you know unfortunate, I very distinctly remember waking up and seeing him look out the window like he normally would. At the time, I thought nothing of it and went back to sleep. But when I woke up the next day and realized what I saw, it freaked me out. Let me tell you like this: things like death, and especially when it's someone close to you. And it's a moment that you cherish. I honestly feel that like the supernatural and the spirits that come with you, they understand that these things are part of your life that you remember. And and even though they may seem insignificant at the time, I think people know that they appreciate it. For example, um, my wife giving me a kiss on my on my forehead or whatever because you can't kiss me a lips because I got my fucking Darth Vader CPAP mask on. Like, something like that. So I, I completely understand it. Is it cheesy? I don't think so. I think it's kind of sweet and kind of loving, actually. So anyway, the second story, and this one, this is the one that I know I'm not crazy and assure my belief in things from in college. I needed a second job one semester because I was trying to earn money to visit my girlfriend in Jamaica. My mom hooked me up with a job with the custodial staff for the Mattapan Community Health Center where she worked. They kept all the all their records in this old house behind the behind the excuse me. They kept all the records in this old house behind the center. And one day the building plumbing burst and flooded the I flooded out the building. Huge mess. So I had the fun job of cleaning up the mess and trying to salvage the files, salvage the files, uh, salvage all the files I could and bag the rest up. 
there were a couple of hundred boxes in the basement, and there was a big mess to clean up on the floor where the flooding started three floors. It's relevant. So the first day I go in and I'm cleaning up the ground floor, I'm in there for maybe five minutes and I hear someone walking around upstairs. I think nothing of it, assuming that it's other jan- uh, the other janitor and keep, and keep cleaning. I end up going outside for a minute and who do I see walking up <laughs> to the building? The other janitor. And I was like, oh, I thought you were upstairs, man. And he was like, I was in the health center all morning, dude. Raises my antenna, but I'm like, okay, old building, whatever. I go back in after lunch and start cleaning again. Keep hearing it. Heavy-ass footsteps the whole time I'm in there. Not creaking or other shit. Real heavy footsteps like someone is walking in Tim's. I'm starting to freak freak a little, and then I start to legit hearing stuff falling (laughs) on the floor above me. So I'm really on edge, but I um, I finish out the cleaning up. Next day, I have to tackle the files in the basement. Already kind of freaked, and then I get down to the basement. It's starting out, excuse me, it's straight out of the horror movie. Big ass, big, excuse me, big massive room. Have to keep the door open to get the light light from one side of it. And there's this tiny ass light bulb on a string to sort of light the rest of the basement. All right, so I'm going to stop there. Basements in general are creepy. We all know they're creepy. Everyone listening, if you've been to a basement, even if you don't believe in this stuff, basements with one light especially, with that one swinging light, are creepy. The place where I live... I'd be very hesitant to do laundry in that basement late at night. Like, I'm recording late night right now, and I thought about washing my uniforms. I'm like, eh, I'm not going to that basement right now. So, yeah, I get it. Back to the story. So I'm down there bagging up moldy-ass files and bringing them outside for a couple of hours, kind of get myself at ease over the day before. I'm about halfway done, and I'm standing in the middle of the basement right, right below the light. I go to pick up a couple of bags and hear someone distinctly whisper, hey, directly into my ear. I drop the bags, and I don't don't think I've ever run faster in my life. After that, I straight refuse to go back in there. Yeah, I don't blame you. Dog, I, mm mm-mm. Nah, I'm cool. I don't really mess with the supernatural. And I'm not even a religious person. And I'm not one of those people who's like, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. I believe that there are things in this world that we specifically do not know about. I know people of science will say that the supernatural and magic are things that we can't explain yet. That's fine. You can explain to me why there are things in the ocean that we don't know about. The ocean freaks me the F out. I'm cool. I don't like the ocean. I'd rather go into space than the ocean because I feel like there's a giant shark in that ocean or or a mega octopus or whatever. Shoot, I think there's a super crocodile in uh, gator, super alligator, a super gator in gator world that we haven't seen that they feed other gators to when all the lights go off. So don't get me started on, on the soup. So that's things that are can actually happen. The supernatural that we can't explain? Nah, I'm cool. And I don't even know if I've explained this, told this story on the show before, but I may have. But if not, it's been a while since I've, I've told it. Me and my wife lived somewhere else in Boston. And one night I'm up, I fall asleep, and I feel a hand just drop on my face. And I'm thinking it's my wife effing with me, like, you know, telling me to go turn the TV off or, or like, turn, the music, turn it down or whatever. But I'm already asleep, so I go, what the hell, babe? And she goes, you what the hell, babe? I go, seriously, why did you slap me in the face? She goes, I didn't slap you. I didn't touch you. You slapped me. I was like, 
why would I do that? I was asleep. She goes, stop playing. I go, I'm not playing. You stop playing. So we kind of look at each other and just go back to sleep. I look over. Door's closed. So it's not, so it's not the cat. The cat's outside in the, in, the, in the living room out there. So, And obviously in the slap that I felt was from a hand. Not a paw. Not a tiny little cat paw. A hand. There was nobody else living with us. So that freaked me out. But it also didn't help. Like all these little random things in the house would happen. Like the remote would move. And we'd go out in the, in the kitchen, go to like, you know, maybe we, I'd put it in my pocket and put it in the kitchen. And then I'd come back and the like remote would be like on the couch, like where we literally were just looking like out in the open. I'm like, ah, nah, freaks me the F out. So yeah, there are certain things I'm just like, nah, mm-mm, I'm all set. So something else I wanted, wanted to get into and something I've been dying to talk about was an article that I, that I wrote a while ago. For a website that no longer exists, but shout out to my best friend for giving me the platform to write said article. And it's comic books for people who do not read comic books. Now, there's a stigma around comic books where people will go, it's too childish, it's too kiddie, or even to the extent where it's like, well, I don't necessarily like just bad guys punching good guys, good guys punching bad guys. They want more substance to it. And, and granted, I think that is a very rudimentary and novice way to think about comic books because they are deep. There are a ton of really deep comic books and it's just, it's, it's a negative stigma and it doesn't really help that some of the comic book movies that we see kind of get childish and they're watered down because it's Disney or, you know, so on and so forth. But I think there's a lot of depth to, to comic books in general. So I have some comic books that I definitely think everybody should read if it is something that you really want to get into. First, I'm going to suggest Alias by Brian Michael Bendis. Now, by now, I think that people understand that Alias were not refer. I am not referring to Jennifer Garner. I am talking about Alias Jessica Jones. It was one of the best comic books that I have ever read. It's the introduction of Jessica Jones, who is a former superhero. She's drunk. She has these powers and doesn't want to use the powers. And the way it opens up is at, just lets you know everything you need to know about Jessica Jones. She's a private detective. Some guy was just pissed off that she found out that his wife is cheating. I think it may have been with a mutant. And because she has powers, he gets all belligerent and tries to choke her. So Jessica Jones throws him through her door window and then goes, yeah, now there's a matter of my fee. And I loved it. Like, from then on, the, all four issues were great. There was a lot of detective work. There's a lot of growth within Jessica Jones. There's some romance. There's some stories that are told within the stories. It's super dope. Like, I absolutely recommend this to anybody who wants to, like, really get into, like, a comic book. That, that may be the first one that I recommend to somebody. It's usually Alias by Jessica Jones. Uh, next up, we have Why the Last Man. If you watch the Hulu show, then I apologize. Because honestly, it wasn't good. They completely got the character wrong. So let me just say this. If you are going to go, go into Why the Last Man and act like the show never happened. Why the Last Man involves a character called Yorick. He is the last man on Earth. And the reason it's called Y is because it's the Y chromosome. He's Y, the last man. The last man on Earth. 
And one of the things that the show got wrong was specifically Yorick. They made him more misogynistic than he was in the comic book. In the comic book, he's goofy. He's one of the most immature characters you'll ever see. And considering how important his job was of, like, you know, getting somewhere where they can try to take some of his DNA in, in hopes to rebuild society, you'd, you'd think that this person would be, a, be more careful about their life. And then that part gets explained. It's like, why is he like this? What's going on? And when they break it down, you're like, wow, that's actually really deep. Now, as the series continues, he's still super immature. But the difference here being, it it was almost like sometimes when you're doing when um a creative team puts a show together that's based on something else or a movie based on something else, part of the problem is they shy too far away from what was written. In terms of why the last man, they didn't really need to go further away from the comic book because it, it worked. Like they changed things that didn't necessarily need to be changed. It was, it was just off. Uh, Why the Last Man is written by Brian K. Vaughn. He's also one of my favorite writers. Absolutely recommend. Now the next one I have is Immortal Hulk. Immortal Hulk is written by a writer that I absolutely trust, named Al Ewing. Now the Hulk is, excuse me, Immortal Hulk is more comic booky than probably anything else on this list, except for the next one that I'm going to talk about. And the reason I recommend. A Mortal Hulk the way I do is because there's a, a ton of representation in there. Black, white, gay, straight. Um, there's non-binary characters. There's trans characters. And within all of that, these characters don't feel forced. So you're not getting a black character for the sake of a black character. You're not getting a woman for the sake of having needing to have a woman in there. Each one of these characters represents something that other people may understand. There's a scene that I don't, I'm not going to mention. I may have talked about it on the show. And I'm also 100% sure I talked about it on the show with our Super Bowl copy. But this black woman talks about how she wishes she had the ability to be angry. Because this is something that black people know and, and experience, but I don't know if anybody experiences it as much as a black woman does when they don't have the ability to be angry because when they are, they're looked at as crazy, they're looked at as mentally ill, and it's like they're just like a danger. And the way Al Ewing broke it down, there's no way he didn't talk to another black woman and say, this is how it feels when they're in a situation. It was absolutely dope. It's 50 issues. It's an easy read. It's a great read. Everything from issue one all the way to the very last issue connects. And you really don't get a lot of stories that do that. Uh, next up, we have Invincible. If you like the show, you'll like the comic book. However, I will say this. The difference between the show and the comic book is the comic book was written at a time where certain language and certain things were okay to use. It wasn't offensive. Well, I shouldn't say that. I wasn't offended by it. But I can understand why, like, in the early 2000s, people may feel, may have been okay with certain language. But the best part about it was, is as the story progresses, the writer progresses. 
So there are certain language, certain certain jargon that's used that corrects itself, and it corrects itself in a way where the writer understands that, like maybe I shouldn't have said that, and adjust it, adjust it with the character. It's super dope. It's also one of the most complete stories that I have ever read, from start to finish. You really grow with Mark Grayson. Mark Grayson being invincible. It's written by Robert Kirkman. It's also one of the few stories where I look at that and I go, wow, you guys really changed things and adjusted for the Amazon Prime platform and adjusted and made it look so damn good. Like, and I can't wait for season two. Uh, they said season two was supposed to come out late 2023. That could mean anything. That could mean the final week of December. That could mean the fourth quarter. It's like September, October. Who knows? But hopefully we get Invincible sooner rather than later. Uh, next up, we have Powers. I think Powers... Powers by Brian Michael Bendis is fun. There's a lot of superhero stuff on it, but it's a detective comic book. It went over a span of, I want to say, at least a decade. 2002 to about 2012, somewhere around there. But it was, it was a really good series. There's not really much to talk about it with it because it spoils a lot. But Dina Pilgrim is one of the best characters in comic book history. It's unfortunate that the TV show didn't work well. It also didn't help that it was on uh, the PlayStation Network, which doesn't even exist anymore. I honestly feel that one day it will be picked up again, hopefully by Amazon, hopefully it'll be animated. But they could also do a live action. But I actually hope it's animated specifically because I think that most comic book projects that aren't Marvel or DC or like one of the big names, they should be animated. Because they're going to have a lower budget and there's a lot more you can do with animation that you can't do with live action. So let me say that. Uh, next up again, we have Saga. Shout out to Brandon Orton. Uh, he put me on a Saga. Saga's also written by Brian K. Vaughn, who did Why the Last Man. Saga is still going on. And honestly, depending on how this ends, it's one of the best comic books that I that may have ever been created. However, it's also the darkest comic book that I've ever read. And it gets to a point, I think, um, I think my niece's boyfriend is on volume four, he said. And he goes, man, it gets dark. And I go, yeah, I had to take a break from my third reread because it gets, it doesn't let up. Like, that's the thing about Saga. It, like, it absolutely does not let up. And Brian K. Vaughn writes it, but I also believe that artist Fiona Staple also helps writing it as well, but I know they are co-creators. Fiona Staples does such a great job creating these different aliens and species, and, like, none of them look the same. And the general concept is uh, there's a war of people with wings and people with horns. They're, each person's horns look different. Each person's wings look different. There's bat wings, butterfly wings, fly wings, uh, demon wings. And on the other side, you have um, ram horns, bull horns, like horns that just don't look like a species of animals that you've ever seen. It's so great. And uh, so Fiona Staples has this, not unfortunate job, but she has this difficult and challenging job of making sure that every race looks different. There's something unique about them. And Fiona Staples goes in. Like, it's absolutely amazing how great she is at doing this. All right, next up we have Harleen. Harleen, I actually probably should have 
kept the screen up because I want I forget who actually wrote it, but Harleen is a reversion of the Harley Quinn story, how she met the Joker. Uh, a lot of it's the same. And I'm not going to butcher this person's name, but it's spelled S-T-J-E-P-A-N-S-E-J-I-C. Um, and according to Wikipedia, they are a Croatian comic book writer and artist. It's dope. Grab Harleen. There's so much that they that she really gets into how she is, the way it is, where she is. There's a they revisit Harvey Dent, who appears not to be as innocent as he once was. She has a different look on Batman and how other people may perceive this person who kind of swoops in and does stuff. It's super dope. Harleen is also fantastic. A newer comic book that I have actually the next two, three of the next four are also new ones. She-Hulk by Rainbow Roll, uh, R-O-W-E-L-L. It's a must-read. 11 issues in. And this She-Hulk story, it kind of seems like a superhero version of Sex and the City. Like, She-Hulk is, like, she's just getting back her... She's just getting back to Hulk form where she can be the Hulk and still maintain all of her intelligence and she's still Jennifer Walters as the Hulk. First issue starts, she's trying to get a job as a lawyer again, and she's confronted by Titania, who fights her. And Jennifer's like, time out. Like, she takes her, her skirt off and takes her um, blouse off, and she's like, I'm not ruining the one suit that I have at the time. And it was funny, they start a fight club. The book is fun. And then there's like these really deep romantic moments, and like the way things are going now with her current love interest, like, you don't know where it's going. And every month, I make sure to tweet out, like, hey, this is my monthly reminder that you need to be reading She-Hulk by Rainbow Rowell. Every month, I'll keep saying it. Uh, next up, we have Darth Vader by Kieran Gillen and Star Wars by Jason Aaron. If you like sci-fi, if you like Star Wars, just get it. There really is no more to it other than that. If you like both of those, if you like the Star Wars genre, if you like, me, if you like Star Wars movies and you like Star Wars shows, get that. I didn't really get the love of Darth Vader until I started reading the comic books. This is where you really see how ruthless and smart and cunning he, like Darth Vader is. He doesn't care about anybody or anything except his bottom line. Not the Emperor's bottom line, his bottom line. Jason, But Jason Aaron is also a name you can trust. Definitely grab that. Next up, we have Lock and Key. Lock and Key is also a show on Netflix. Lock and Key is a lot darker. I haven't. Uh, so let me not say this. I'll, I'm going to say this. I got seven ep episodes into Lock and Key first season of Netflix, and I gave up. It wasn't really my thing. The comic book's written by Joe Hill. Now, I know I'm in the minority of people who didn't really like the Lock and Key on Netflix. I believe it's on season three right now on Netflix. I'm eventually going to go back to it, but I'm also a stubborn comic book fan who sometimes is just like, I'm not really feeling it. So I kind of, I shy away from it. But, you know, it is what it is. Hey, if you like this, I will continue to do more of these because there's a bunch of more comic books I think that non-comic book fans would absolutely enjoy. So, yeah. Uh, lastly, and this episode is going to go out Monday, so by the time you guys hear this episode, WrestleMania will be over. So I'm late to the party when it comes to this. I have my WrestleMania predictions, and then come Monday when the episode comes out, we'll find out how right I was. So we're gonna go. I'm gonna go down both nights. Night one, we have the United States Championship, Austin Theory versus John Cena. 
I feel like Austin Theory is going to win this because it really wouldn't make any sense for John Cena to win. Austin Theory beating John Cena, it would be a big moment for him. It's also kind of a, I don't know if it's a passing of the torch because I don't know if Austin Theory will ever be as good as John Cena is. But maybe because John Cena's first title reign came at WrestleMania, it was for the United States title when he beat the big show. It would actually be kind of funny if Austin Theory hit John Cena with some knucks, which is how, which is part of how John Cena beat the Big Show. I'm going to go Austin Theory. SmackDown Women's Championship, Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley. I got Rhea Ripley winning this fight. Uh, Charlotte Flair, I've actually seen some people online saying that Charlotte Flair should win specifically because she is great. And Charlotte Flair is great. She's one of the best. She's athletic, she's technical, and she's one of the best heels in the game. And it may be blasphemous to say this, she may be better than her dad in a lot of ways. Maybe not on the mic and maybe not yet, but Charlotte Flair is better than her dad in the ring. Uh, next up, you have the Undisputed Tag Team Championship, the Usos versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. I am going with, I think I'm going with the Usos. Against my better judgment, because the better story would be for Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens to win. Still going with the Usos. Becky Lynch, Lita, and Trish Stratus versus Damage Control. Damage Control is Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Io Sky. I am going with Damage Control because I don't see the point of Lita or Trish going back on Monday with the title, so that's that. But hey, who knows? Maybe Lita, Becky, and Trish Stratus win, and then someone else beats them for the title that following Monday. Seth Rollins versus, uh, excuse me, Seth freaking Rollins, Rollins versus. Paul, Logan Paul, go on Seth Rollins. For no other reason than I just want Seth Rollins to win. Rey Mysterio versus Dominic Mysterio. I'm going to go Rey. I think Rey Mysterio, this is going to be his last fight. I feel like that's how it's going to go down. We got Braun Strowman and Ricochet versus the Street Profits versus the Alpha Academy versus the Viking Raiders. I'd like to say I give a shit about this, but the only reason I do is because the Street Profits are in it. And... I'm going to go against what I think is going to happen. And I'm going to go with uh, the Street Profits. Go with that. So night two, we have the... Um, un- um, let's go do that last. We have Liv Morgan and Raquel Gonzalez versus Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler versus Natalia and Shotzi versus Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville. I don't know who wins this. I hope... My baby Shayna Baszler wins. Oh, if she chokes somebody out, chokes somebody out. But I kind of feel like this is going to be Liv Morgan beating Ronda Rousey or beating Shayna Baszler. And in some way, shape, or form, this starts a feud between Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey, which I hope Shayna Baszler wins because Shayna Baszler is one of my favorite wrestlers. Brock Lesnar versus Omos. Uh, I'm going Omos. I don't think Brock cares enough at this point to go over, and I think it's a bigger story if Omos wins. I honestly think this is, could be one of the best matches of the weekend. Omos had a fantastic match against Strowman. I, mean, I believe it was at Crown Jewel. I think this is going to be great. Brock Lesnar always puts on a show. And with someone like Omos, he's going to make Omos look fantastic. Uh, next up, we, we have what I think is going to be the best physical match of the night. It's uh, the Intercontinental Championship, Gunther versus Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus. The, this match for me, determines who wins the Undisputed title match. I think Gunther loses. 
that much I'm almost certain of. That's, I shouldn't even say that. If Gunther wins, then well, I'll get to that. But um, if I had to pick somebody, I kind of feel like I, mm, I kind of feel like Gunther's gonna win this. I feel like Gunther's gonna win this. Uh, next up, we have Raw Women's Championship: Bianca Belair versus Oscar. Oscar is my favorite wrestler in the WWE right now. Oscar got the short end of the stick when she lost to Charlotte Flair. I don't think she should have tapped. I also don't think at the end of it she should have said Charlotte was ready for Oscar. I think Bianca Belair's title reign is over. I think this is going to be the start of Oscar having another one of her monumental runs that she had when she was in NXT. And if you need more proof of that is when, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, but when Triple H was in charge of NXT, Oscar was unstoppable. And now Triple H is in charge again. I think that's what we're getting. I think that's what we're getting. I think Oscar wins. Now, last but not least, we have the United States Champion, United, excuse me, undisputed WWE Universal Championship match, Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes. I got Roman. Again, the story should be that Cody Rhodes wins. He dethrones Roman Reigns. If anybody should do it, it should be Cody. I'm not buying that. I don't think Cody is going to be the one to dethrone Roman Reigns. I think, however, if Gunther loses the Intercontinental title match, then trust and believe Cody Rhodes is going to win that, is going to win the title. But I got Roman. I don't see Roman getting pinned. And if, and if Gunther, and here's the funny thing, even if Gunther loses the title, Roman Reigns, the only way Roman Reigns loses that title is in some like weird fatal four way a triple threat match. He doesn't get pinned. Roman Reigns isn't getting pinned by Cody Rhodes. I know it would be a bigger story. Cody leaves, like, you know, after all the stuff he went through before he left the WWE, before he was Stardust, and then like going through AEW and then coming back, and he was like, you know, the prodigal son has returned, you know, the son of a plumber, blah, 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 blah. I truly believe, no, wait. His dad was the son of a plumber. Never mind. <laughs> but I truly believe that Cody Rhodes is going to lose. I think Roman Reigns wins. And that's how it goes. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Old Man Wade Show. Uh, don't forget, you can find, if well, wherever you're listening to, you're listening to it. But share it. Tell your friends about it. If you got something to promote, let me know. Send me a DM. You can find me at OldManWadeCom on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok. You can also find me doing all sorts of shenanigans on Bam Smack Pal. So just go to Google search Bam Smack Pal, Mark, M-A-R-K. You'll find my articles. You can also find me on Instagram, on the Bam Smack Pal Instagram page, Bam underscore Smack underscore Pal on Instagram, where I'm posting all sorts of comic book stuff. I highlight the articles that may have come out that day and so on and so forth. So. Definitely make sure that you check me out on all of those. And if you can, like I said, you got something to promote, send me a DM, send me a DM, send me some music. I'll play it on the show. We can talk about like, you know, just cross promotion. But anyway, thank you all for listening. And as always, be excellent to each other. Peace. Damn it, Wade.